Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee in the Corral. I'm Abigail Hobbs, and I'm sitting out here in my corral this morning on a beautiful, absolutely beautiful morning. There's almost no wind out here. I don't know, it's probably getting up to 50 degrees by now. The birds are singing. I'm sitting kind of near the chicken pen today, so you're probably going to hear them scratching around, maybe making some noises. I moved my spot because um, I wanted to be in the sun, and it's not often that I don't have to hide from the wind, especially when it's um, fall and winter time. So it's really pretty today. Really grateful to be here. Uh, the horses are peacefully grazing or taking a nap in the background. Uh, my dog Deo's sitting over here watching for any trouble at all. If he sees any sign of trouble, he is on it. Um, and Valley Wren was around here somewhere. I'm not sure where she ran off to, but I'm sure she'll come back on scene here at some point. Anyways, thanks for coming back uh, and spending some time with me today. I, I want to talk about something that I did recently. Um, so last week it was last tuesday so today i'm recording this on monday so i believe the podcast will come out tomorrow um so yeah it'll be a week from, from when the podcast came out but anyways i wanted to tell you guys about a new rider motorcycle course that i took last week um Wow, let me just start with that. <laughs> um, some of you might be like, so why did you take a motorcycle course? I should probably start there. Um, it, was, it was a couple weeks back, maybe, maybe three weeks back, um, that I was coming home from one of my trips to town on my bike, my bike to type where I bike into town and I blog and then I bike home. Anyways, I was biking home and I had done some blogging and processing, just really trying to orient myself with all of these new changes. And I've talked about um, a lot of those throughout my podcast, but some of the biggest ones being, and most recent ones being that um, my son is moved away to college in Illinois and my daughter started public school this fall. So previous to that, I homeschooled my kids their whole life. Uh, my son, his senior year, he went to public school. Um, and that's what kind of got us considering maybe sending our girls. My son wanted to try something different for his senior year. And um, after his experience, we decided, and we, we discussed it a long time, talked with our girls about it, but we decided to also let them try it. Anyways, in all of those changes, I've been trying to like, basically, who am I now? Because I'm not a homeschool mom. I don't just want to stay at home cleaning all the time. So I've been trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to be doing? And it's been a huge struggle for me because um, it feels like being stripped of all your identities, you know? Uh, the weird thing is I swear I would never be that person. Like people talk about like, I've heard other, other mothers talk about, oh, when my kids, you know, all graduate, I'm going to be so lost. What am I going to do? And I was always like, 
that's not gonna be me. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do whatever I want and I'm gonna like do horse training all the time and I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna, whatever. I just, I never felt like that was gonna be an issue for me. Um, but sending my girls off to public school just feels so wrong because like I'm supposed to be schooling them and you know, I just, they're not with me and they're still younger and so here I am like, I don't know. Here I am in that place I never thought I would be in. Um, realizing that my worth and value really did come out of being a mom. And not just that, but like homeschooling my kids also and being this stay-at-home wife that like did all the things. And anyways, one of the things I was processing about all of that is like, so where do I go from here? I don't just want to go get any job because I really do not want to subscribe to the hustle culture and I don't want to end up in a job where I'm just punching in and punching out and it's not meaningful to me and I do not want to join the rat race of like just getting in the zone of working and then coming home and going to bed and then waking up and working it like it just doesn't feel right. So I've had a lot of conversations with Nate and Jennifer and just, we've kind of all come to like, I need to not rush into something just because I'm feeling a little lost, like allow myself to explore and discover and kind of find my path from here. Um, because it would be easy to just go rush and get a job because I'm in an uncomfortable spot right now and it feels more comfortable to just like, I should just do the things, you know, like that'll make me feel valuable. But um, I've learned from life that if we're looking to do a certain thing or check a certain box so that in hopes to feel valuable, it doesn't work that way. Like it doesn't matter what we've done or what we do or how much we hustle. That does not, that's not what makes it, brings us value. And that's why people, it's like a bottomless pit. People try and they try and they try and they just never feel enough. Um, so like I have to learn to learn that my value is not in what I do. My value is who I am. And that's what I teach. Like that's what I want to share with the world. And then here I am trying to <laughs> teach myself. Funny, huh? Anyways. Um, so I was biking home and I thought, you know what? I... I, I, I seem to have this habit of like running through life and rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing. Um, and so, you know, I, as soon as, uh, my, I had to close my therapeutic horsemanship business, um, my, my two therapy horses died and I was scrambling, trying to replace them with buying new horses and trying to, and it just, it didn't work, it didn't work. You can't train horses that fast and every horse is different and, um, they're not all cut out for that job. And I, I realized that pretty quick. So um, I knew it was right. I knew the timing was right for me to, to close down my business and to pivot and to do something different. And that's when I started Freedom for the Taking. So I shut this down and I pivoted really fast and went boom, jumped off onto this Freedom for the Taking and have been working really hard this past year trying to do everything I can do. And I was realizing like I never took time after closing down my horsemanship business to just breathe and to adjust and to like um, 
I don't know, reorient to reorient myself um, without like rushing into the next thing. I just felt like, oh no, I got to do something. And, and, I, and I love people and I still want to work with people. So, how, you know, how can I share my experiences and my experience to, you know, sh- do something different in the world? And I don't think none of it was bad. I just realized that like the last four years have been hard as hell and I've never taken the time to celebrate myself and my accomplishments and all of the hard work that I have put into all of these changes for my family. Um, You know, including putting my dad in prison and, you know, making some really hard choices with my family members and, you know, learning about boundaries and going to counseling and, you know, putting those boundaries in place and learning how to navigate the world in a whole new way, just changing everything, right? Okay, and then all of that, so many different changes have come in and they've all been really good, but they've all been really hard too. And it's like difficult for me to, to stop and to just be like, breathe. Take a moment for yourself. Celebrate your successes. Celebrate the hard work that you've done before you're rushing on to the next mountain. And I thought about it's like I'm climbing Mount. It's like climbing Mount Everest, but instead of getting to the top and like planting a flag and getting pictures and sitting up there for a couple hours just breathing in all the hard work that it took to get there, it's like I get to the top and I'm like, okay, which was the next? What's the next highest mountain? Okay, I gotta go. And then I just climb down and I go ahead for the next highest mountain, the next biggest challenge, and. And it's like, I don't stop to really live in that moment, even take some time for myself. Um, and so I was thinking about that biking home. I thought, you know what, Abigail, what would it be like for you if you just did something for yourself to celebrate yourself? Like, what if you stopped hustling these things you don't want to do, like stop pushing yourself so hard all the time and just celebrated like how far you've come in four years like crazy amazing changes hard as hell but so good like what would that look like for you and then I told myself like don't take money into consideration don't take practicality into consideration don't take any other family members in consideration just you what would you do for you and it came to my brain immediately I did not even have to sit there and like hmm, I wonder like it just popped in my brain I want to get a motorcycle. I want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. I want to buy a motorcycle. And I realized as soon as I thought that, this huge smile had spread across my face as I'm biking through town, you know? I'm just smiling really big. And I was like, oh my God, that feels so good. And this is what I'm talking about, you guys. When I say something feels right, you know it's right. Like that was that feeling. Everything in my body just exploded with joy. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I, it's totally stupid. It makes no sense at all. We don't have a lot of money right now. Like, this is not the season. This is when, when Nate's work slows down, you know? And, and my business is closed down and, and Freedom for the Taking doesn't make any money. Um, I can't really hardly get people to let me do things for free. So like, how, this doesn't make any sense. And I thought that's exactly why I have to do it. It makes no sense at all. But 
and I was talking with, with my sister about this. I was like, it makes no sense at all. That's why I have to do it. And she said, but it does make sense because it makes you happy. And it just hit me and I was like, oh my God, like, why isn't that enough? Why, why has that never been enough? That's never been a good enough reason for me to do something. I have to have all of these other reasons, but taking my happiness into consideration has never been one of them. And it seems so foreign and completely ridiculous to think I'm gonna make a decision just because it makes me happy. Especially if it's a decision that's, you know, not super practical or what's the point, you know? Like, that's crazy. And I think about the word play, and I learned this as, as I've been learning about um, in the past few years, reading books and, and learning about the art of play. Um, and I think I've mentioned the book by Dr. Stuart Brown. Anyways, he talks about the very meaning of play is basically, it doesn't qualify as play unless it's, um, oh, I'm gonna sabotage this a little bit and I can tag it on the show notes, the, what the actual quote is, but basically it doesn't qualify as play unless it's meaningless. Like it, it can't have some like, okay, if I do this, I'm gonna achieve this. It just has to be just for the heck of it. Then it qualifies as play. And I thought about this thing of like, pursuing this because it makes me happy, that's, that's not enough? Well then, why? Why is my question? And so I came home and I talked with Nate about it, I talked with Jennifer and it, they were amazing. Like when I, when I talked to Nate about it, he's like, I never bought you a birthday present this year. He was planning to get me something different and that didn't work out. He said, I want to, for your birthday, pay for you to take this new writer's course. Um, and it's something that I had heard about when I applied for a job at the Harley Davidson hideout in Joplin. Um, they, they give this three day course. One is in the classroom, first day is in the classroom, the other two days are out on the range, teaching you how to ride a motorcycle. And it's for beginners, so you don't have to have any previous motorcycle experience. Like you have to be able to ride a bicycle for balance and you have to like know how to drive a stick shift. Um, so I was super excited. He said, I wanna, I wanna do this and you can get, take the course. And if you take this course, the awesome thing is um, you can take that at the end of it, your certification to the um, driver's license place and get your motorcycle endorsement and not have to take any more tests. It qualifies for the state of Missouri. Um, so it's like a legit, really awesome experience. So I went online and I signed up and the only open the next available open date that I'd be able to do it because um, I wanted I needed one during the week um, was at the end of November and so I signed up for that and I realized there's like these waiting this waiting list and I asked the guy about it and he was like well um, you know if there's an opening we'll let you know you can sign up just in case there's an opening but go ahead and register for the one at the end of November so I did long story short um, I thought you know what oh you have to take this online course before you attend so that's required and it's a five hour course. And I thought, I'm gonna go ahead and take it earlier 
not wait till the like the last couple days just in case I get into one of the earlier classes in case something happens to open up so I took um, it was like yeah so it wasn't last week but it was a few days but anyways it was like a week and a half ago I sat down I was like you know what? I'm just gonna start this writer course and then you know see how my days it takes me to get through it so I started it I was about an hour into it and I got a phone call from the guy at the motorcycle place saying hey a spot opened up if you want to come next week so it was like in three days and I was like oh my gosh yes I do and he said you have to do that online course I said I'm working on it right now so I decided okay I don't have days to finish this like I have to finish this today so I took all day long completed the course I even was like finishing up while I was cooking dinner I had the laptop on the counter like making food and uh, finishing the course and it has this all these tests throughout and anyways so excited so I go to attend the course and it started last like I said last week it was a Tuesday Wednesday Thursday thing and um mind you I was really nervous okay I've ridden on a motorcycle only a few times my dad had a Honda gold ring gold wing motorcycle when I was a little girl he used to drive it when he worked at NASA. It was like two, two and a half hours away in Florida. So he would take the motorcycle to work. So anyways, I remember riding on the back of it a few times. That's all. I never drove one. I was very little. I don't, I have zero motorcycle. I didn't even know how they worked. Like I didn't, like how do you shift? Like how does that, nothing. So the online course was the very first of it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> As I did the online course, I just remember sitting here thinking, this is going to be way harder than I thought it was. Like, I don't know what I pictured, but motorcycles are detailed and they're complicated. And to, at least to me, maybe not to other people, but I was like, there's a lot to motorcycles and there's a lot to driving these little suckers. <sighs> um, I don't know that I truly knew what I was getting into, but that online course I was just started panicking just a little bit like oh crap what am I getting into this there is so much to think about when you drive a motorcycle and there's so many different ways to steer depending on how fast you're going and all of this stuff I was like oh crap but there is one thing about me I love learning love it so much especially learning new things that like I'm excited about I'm not so great about <laughs> learning things that I'm not excited about like computer skills I suck at that and being patient about that is hard for me but I still love learning new things and I thought this is gonna be a great opportunity because it's something I've never done before it's gonna really push me outside my comfort zone and that's good for me that's so good for the, the human brain that I just I was excited about that part of it so anyways went for the first day of class and got a tour of the Harley-Davidson place and then we went downstairs and we took a test and we had a lot of stuff that we went over kind of going over all the stuff in the online course and um, so it was a good first day I was the only female in the class um, and yeah I, that was another thing I was like you know do you check do you male female or other and so I checked other because I was like I'm a gem like I want to be I'm a gem that's what I am but of course when I get to it he's like hi Abigail and I was like hi and how did you know it was, I was Abigail the instructor greeted me when I came there he's like well you're the only girl we have I have in the class and I was like 
<sighs> like, I just will never get away from it. Anyways, I was like, okay, well, there's a bunch of dudes there and um, they were all really young. So there were six of us. Four of the guys were really young. Then there was one gentleman that was 47. So he's a little bit older than me. And then there was me. So I was like, alrighty then. Kind of feel a little out of place, but that's fine. Like, I don't mind being around guys. It's never bothered me. I can usually hang pretty well with them. But it was just interesting. So I thought, well, this will be this will be an interesting group. And they seemed pretty quiet. The, um, the guy that was a little bit older than me, he was really talkative. So um, I think we, we kind of, you know, headed off a little bit because we weren't in the range of, I think we, we just related to each other more. We weren't like super young, but he owns three motorcycles. He's been riding them his whole life. So I was like, crap, <laughs> I'm gonna look so stupid because there's a bunch of guys and most of them probably already have motorcycle experience. I found out that we had to go around the room, every, everybody introduced themselves. And I found out that two of the young guys um, did not have motorcycle experience, but like they'd been riding on the back of their friends and family's motorcycles. And so they wanted to be able to drive them. Um, I was the one that told everybody, because everyone's like, why do you want to learn how to ride a motorcycle? And I was like, um, I want to learn something new. Um, I want to push myself out of my comfort zone. Here's Valley Wren. Valley Wren, she just jumped up and grabbed my pen. Um, so I told them, I was like, you know, I've done horses my whole life and I want to learn something new. So anyways. The next two days out on the range um, were so challenging. I was fucking terrified. I'm telling you, um, but excited at the same time. So I showed up to the first day on the range and, and there's two of the young guys there and I said, are y'all nervous? And these were the two guys that didn't have a lot of experience. So I thought, well, maybe the, I'll relate with them better. And I was like, are y'all nervous? And the one young guy was like, sorry, I have something in my eye. Hold on. Ah, it's like a bug flew in my eye. It's the one thing about podcasting outside, you get bugs in your eyes. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <clears throat> sorry. So I was like, are you guys nervous? And he's like, um, a little nervous, but a lot excited. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought, oh crap. And he said, how are you? How about you? I said, um, a lot nervous and a little excited. And so as we started doing the exercises about halfway through the day, it was really sweet. And, and these two young guys, they were a lot more aware than the other guys were. Um, and I really appreciated that about them. Like they were respectful and they were just in a way of like, you know, he, like he came up to me at one point in the middle of the day. He's like, how do you feel now? Like, are you a little bit less nervous and more excited. I was like, yeah, I am. I am. Thank you. Um, the other young guys, they were in their own world and really didn't care a bit to talk to me. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun because those, the two young guys that didn't have much experience, they reminded me a lot of my son. So I kind of like bonded with them just a little bit of like, okay, you know, like, um, I don't know. I just told myself, Hey, this is kind of like hanging out with your son. Um, cause it was like this really scary experience. So, uh, anyways, getting on the motorcycle, like I remember thinking like he had us lined up and he was talking about all the different parts of the, 
motorcycle at the beginning and how it works and everything and my brain's just like on massive overdrive it's just like really really focus 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 and I don't know like a lot about engines and stuff and so I'm already feeling like I'm way behind everybody because they I feel like anyways and maybe it's not true but it felt like the guys knew where to look for the all of the engine turn off switches and the fuel valves and all that stuff and I'm like looking around trying to find mine and the instructor was great because he wasn't he, he never made me feel stupid but um I'm like, oh, they're going to be so much better at this than I am. But I just kept telling myself, it doesn't matter. Like, don't compare yourself. You're here to learn. You're here to get out of your comfort zone. Um, so then he's like, okay, mount your motorcycles. And I'm like, I'm thinking, are you sure? Like, maybe I should <laughs> like just keep like looking at it for a while. Because I don't know. I'm thinking this. Do you trust me? Like, I've never driven a motorcycle. Are you sure you want me on here? But they, it, the way it was set up was awesome because, like, we didn't even start the motorcycles for a while. We had to learn to do what's called power walking, pushing our motorcycles um, with, the, with the side stand up, and we're walking along, so the engine's not even on yet, but it's in neutral. So we're moving the bikes around to get the feel of the bikes, and it was heavy. And, and I remember thinking, oh, God, I hope I don't dump this thing over, you know. Um, because I'm, I'm like, you know, these bikes, I don't know, 500 pounds. It's, you know, it's not like pushing my, you know, my bicycle around. So anyways, I just, the first day was extremely nerve wracking because I felt like every time he was starting a new exercise, I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Like I need to practice this for like two more hours and then I'll be ready to start a new one. But I had to keep trusting my coach trusting that he knew best trusting that if that he's watching my skills and if he says we're moving on to the next exercise then I must be ready for it but I never felt ready you guys ever like it was so scary um but I survived the first day got used to how to move the motorcycle we finally started the motorcycle learned how to do all that learned how to work the clutch learned how to go from first to second gear started learning fast stops all these things that were terrifying the hell out of me but it's so exhilarating at the same time because i was like oh my god look what i'm fucking doing like this is crazy i'm crazy <laughs> um so anyways then the next day i show up and i don't see my instructor there i see this lady out there i was like oh no what happened to my instructor like i had gotten really comfortable with him and um, he was an older gentleman that was really kind. He never made me feel dumb. And I thought, oh no, here's this lady out here. And who knows, like sometimes ladies can be really rude or like, you know, judgy or harsh. And I thought, oh, I started panicking because this, this was the day that we had to learn really hard, I should sit and say hard, but harder skills and then be tested. So I was like, I can't believe this, what's happening? So I, I go up to meet the new instructor and, um, she says hi um she introduces herself and she says she's the wife of the husband who was my instructor yesterday and i was like oh shoo I'm, I'm like if you're his wife then like i feel great because i said he was really great yesterday and apparently he threw his hip out really bad that evening they were at the emergency room to like 3 a.m it's horrible so luckily his wife is also a motorcycle coach how cool is that so she covered for him 
for his second day. And a lot of times they'll even teach uh, these courses together. But she has another job at the hospital. So like she had to take off work for that day to come cover for him. Anyways, long story short, she was awesome. I was panicking at first because I was like, oh no, I'll have to learn somebody new. But she was incredible. She was exactly what I needed. We started that day out learning U-turns and S-curves. And I was like, home, oh, and we had to do it within 25, 25 um, foot box and then down to a 20 foot. And it looked so impossible. And the one thing she told us, like she, she walked through it and then she would demonstrate it on her motorcycle. And then uh, I remember being like, there's no way I can do that. Like I'm going to fucking tip over. Um, which, by the way, I forgot to tell you, on the first day, I did tip over. <laughs> and I had told Jennifer and Nate, like, I'm so scared of, like, tipping the bike over. And um, the instructor mentioned that a lot of people tip over, and it's not a big deal. Just wait for him, and he'll come over and help you put the bike back up. Don't try to do it yourself. Nobody else tipped over this whole class, but I did. I did on the first day, and it was on one of the turns, and I started panicking because I felt like the bike was going over. And so I grabbed the front brake, which you're never supposed to do, I learned. I think I had learned that on the course, but like, I'm one of those people like hands-on learning. Yes, definitely learned it now. I was turning and then I was feeling like I was starting to fall. So I grabbed the front brake. And what it does when you grab the front brake is it just pulls your whole bike over. Like it instantly wrenches your bike the way that you're turning and it just dumps you off. And so they've got these bars on them, protective bars that keep it from smashing your legs. So after I tipped over, I was like, oh, he came over and he's like, not a big deal. And he's like, you know what you did wrong? And I'm thinking everything. And he's like, no, you just grabbed the brake and front brake, you know. And so he talked me through it and it really wasn't a big deal. But I, after that, I kind of relaxed. I was like, well, I got the worst part over. Like I've already tipped over. So if I do it again, it's really not that big of a deal. So anyways, the second day I'm thinking I'm gonna tip over on all these turns. They're just way too sharp and I can't do that. Um, and then the lady says, and I was like, oh, we, she could tell that we all looked really scared to try the U-turns. She said, just sing. She said, I still do that to this day. When I'm doing a sharp turn, just sing. She says, because then you don't think about it. And because the second you start to overthink it, that's when everything goes wrong. Just sing and sing a tune as you're riding through it. And the other, um, one of the other guys in the course, he was like, oh, what a beautiful morning. And I thought, okay, yep, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I... That's what I did all day long. Every time I was in these really tight turns and spaces that I was starting to panic, I would literally just sing to myself out loud, oh, what a beautiful morning. And it worked. Like it would get me out of my head and remind me, sit up straight, look where you're going, lean on this way. And, and like my body would do it. Um, so she was perfect. I realized the universe sent her because like that was my jam. I can sing and it does help me to relax and not to, um, panic and freak out about it so we did a lot of hard things on that day it ended with a test we had five different exercises that we had to complete and be tested on and um, we made it we all made it through all those exercises and everybody passed and I just the whole time I just kept breathing like okay this is everything that we've been learning like don't panic and it's hard because like she's standing right there and she's got a timer and she's got a notebook and she's you know evaluating every one of your skills and then you get points off if you touch any of the cones if you, you can't stall more than three times um, there's all that she read us all the rules and so it automatically starts making you panic inside and all of a sudden all the other people are like 
oh my gosh, you know, which is interesting because the only other people that didn't panic and complain were the other two young guys that did not have a lot of experience. They were like more mature than the other ones. The other ones were like freaking out, even though they had all been riding motorcycles. <laughs> it was interesting, like the test part came and they started freaking out. And I just kept telling myself, this is it. Like this is you learning new things, proving to yourself you can learn something you've never learned before that you are, you know, capable and you're ready for this. And so of course I was nervous, but I just, kept reminding myself of all of the hard things that I have done in the past four years. Um, and even in Colorado, when I, when I went on a trip to Detroit, Michigan for my testing to become a therapeutic writing instructor, that was really difficult. Um, and I told myself that was way harder. Like you can do that. You can definitely do this. Um, and I did it. And I was like, yes, it felt so good to go through each one of those exercises and just tell myself like, do the best you can, but like, don't overthink it. Just sing through each one of them. And then whatever happens, happens. Like at that point, I just, it's up to the universe. I'm just gonna give it my best shot. So after that was over, she said, you did, everybody did good, you all passed. We had to, an hour lunch break. And then we were meeting at the Harley Davidson hideout for our last thing, which was a, a written test with 50 questions to make sure that you truly understood all of the material and the skills taught. So we met downstairs for that, and I wasn't as nervous for that. Um, for one, because it, you know, I, I wasn't holding up a 500 pound bike <laughs> um, with everyone watching me try to do things, you know, it's just like sitting there filling in the boxes. So um, I just thought, I'm just gonna do my best, but I'm pretty sure I, I know the, the materials. Like I studied hard and I paid attention. So, um, and that was my thing, like, you know, when I invest in something, time, money, effort, I give 100%. So I was there to learn, and even though I was scared, I would ask a lot of questions and um, try to get you know as much uh, out of the learning experience that I could. After the tests were all taken, um, you had to take your paper to her, she would grade it, and then you would go sit down. She graded my paper and then she would call people back and tell them which ones they got wrong and you could get up to 10 wrong, which was amazing, but um, she'd tell you which ones you got wrong and then you go sit back down. So she called me back over after she graded mine and she pointed to it and it said 100% and she had a big smile on her face and I just kind of nodded and smiled and I went back quietly sat down waiting for everybody else to finish. Well, at the end of the thing, as she's handing out certificates to everybody, we all pass, which was awesome. She said, oh my goodness, there's one more thing I have to do. I have an award that, I, that we give out. And then she says, Abigail, can you come up here? And I thought, oh my gosh, like I was scared and nervous. And like, okay, what, what is this all about? You know, and so she calls me up in front of everybody and she says, we have this special award that we give to people. Um, it's this really pretty little silver bell. She says it's made to hang on your motorcycle to keep the gremlins away. And it's got this Harley Davidson thing etched on the side. It's a pretty little bell. She says, we give this to people, uh, to our students that achieve 100% on both the writing and the written test. And she said, you got that. And she handed me the bell and I thought, oh my God, like, are you serious? Cause she didn't tell us when we got through the writing, she just said, you all passed. She didn't tell us what score we got. She said, I also want you to know that in over two years of coaching, I, you're the first female that I have ever given this award to. 
and there I was standing in front of five other guys and I'm the one with the least experience the only female there I got a hundred percent on the writing and the written I, my mind was blown you guys because I did not feel I thought I'll be just happy so happy if I can pass if I just can pass um, I felt you know inferior basically it's that whole thing of you know the men are better at motorcycles and they're gonna know more about engines and stuff and they're stronger and tougher and all of these all of this messaging in my brain told me that I would just be like the least of all of them and then at the end of it I was the only one that got 100% on the writing and the written I I still can't hardly believe it seriously um, this blew my mind so I wanted to share that story because I've been thinking about a lot of different things, but one of them is like, for me, I feel like it's important for me to continue, continually learn new things and to push myself out of my comfort zone. Because when I start realizing I'm in this space where I'm just like super comfortable and I'm not learning anything, I feel like I am start dying inside. Um, and that's one thing I loved about when I taught students every week, horsemanship, it was always, it kept me on my toes because I had to create new lessons and come up with new ways to solve problems. And, and so I was always problem solving and always learning and always lear even learning from my students. So not having it, I've just been like, oh my God, I feel like I'm dying inside. Why am I dying inside? And so the thought of learning something completely new that would really stretch me out of my comfort zone was invigorating to me. Um, and I was thinking about this morning and I looked up online just a couple different things about learning and our comfort zone and all that stuff and there's amazing articles out there all you just have to do is type in basically like your comfort zone and learning and stuff and just stuff pops up everywhere but there's so much science behind this thing of we live in our comfort zone but beyond our comfort zone is called the learning zone so when we push ourselves right outside the comfort zone that's when we start to learn um, but one of the cool things that I was reading about this morning was you know saying that like we need our comfort zone because inside our comfort zone that's when it we're allowed to relax um, recharge rejuvenate reflect on what we've learned it's our safe space so we need our comfort zones we create them as our safe space to, to basically refuel and recharge right but we're not supposed to stay there the learning happens when we leave our comfort zone and enter what's called the learning zone inside the learning zone it's uncomfortable it's not supposed to be comfortable. If you're comfortable, then you're not learning. That's the thing. I read this one quote, um, and it was off of Facebook, and, and I didn't really say like a specific person wrote it, um, but it was saying like, there is, uh, what was it? Something about like, there is no comfort in learning, and there is, oh crap, never mind. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. But basically it was that same thing of like, when you're in a comfort zone, you're not learning. But when you're uncomfortable, you are learning. So 
there's but the, the interesting thing that I read also was that beyond our learning zone so if you think of there's these three zones there's our comfort zone there's a learning zone but if you go beyond the learning zone you hit what's called the panic zone and that is when um, we are extremely uncomfortable and unprepared so the panic zone is it can be really damaging and de demotivating to you um, because you feel like um, you can't win like it's too scary and so I was thinking about it and thinking you know one thing that really helped me when I was in the motorcycle course to keep going and to keep pushing myself all day long because it was it was hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of learning so it was a long every day was a long day especially the last day was the longest day so like my brain was on high alert learn so I'm in learning the learning zone the whole time I'm high alert I'm very focused on the moment I'm not relaxed I'm not having fun because I'm uncomfortable but I'm like forcing myself to think through everything all the time there's so many things to think about driving a motorcycle I have extreme respect for people who ride motorcycles now that I never had before because I didn't understand the depth of what it takes to ride a motorcycle it's not just you get on like a bicycle and just grow away you just it's not there's a lot more to it so like my brain was on high alert learning mode but the but what helped me to stay in that and not go into the panicking part was like for one I would keep remembering like I can do this I've done really hard things I've been in really uncomfortable situations it's been really good and I've conquered and I've learned new things and I've been better for it um, but I also I had a really great support system so I knew that my kids were cheering me on even though they weren't there um, I knew that my partners Nate and Jennifer I would check in with them when I was done or like if I had a break I would send them a picture of me with the motorcycle and they'd be like oh my god that's so awesome you're such a badass those little things are what helped me feel supported while I was in a scary um, learning zone if you're trying to learn and you have no support oh Valley Wren she's learning tree climbing she's in a learning zone she just fell out of the tree <laughs> Valley Wren she was she climbed up it and then was trying to get down but she was hanging on to little thin branches that ended up breaking oh baby did you do learn not to get the thin branches she's okay she's tough um, if you're trying to learn scary new things and you don't have any support structure that's when it can become very easily the panic zone um, where you just you don't have the mental um, stability that you need to have to be able to learn to be in that kind of uncomfortable situation so um, I was I was learning about that a little bit this morning and thinking kind of reflecting on my experience and just thinking okay so it's really important that we have support um, to be able to go learn new things but it's and, it, and in that it's you know these are linked together it's important to not stay in our comfort zone to push ourselves out so that we are uncomfortable it doesn't feel good I remember telling Nate like it actually wasn't fun the course wasn't fun I would not say that was a really fun course I would say it was difficult and it was scary but it was challenging exciting sometimes because I would be like okay like I'm learning this I'm getting better at this skill this felt really scary but I conquered it you know so that that part of it was exhilarating but it was still scary and uncomfortable for me so 
Um, and as I was learning it, I was thinking, okay, eventually I'll enjoy riding motorcycles, but I'm going to have to master these skills a little bit more before I get to the point of relaxing and enjoying it. And that's the thing. As we learn more and master skills, those skills actually enter into our comfort zone, right? So horses for me are comfortable because I've done them my whole life. Um, being around them might be scary for somebody else, but for me, I can be all around them, over them and under them. And it's in my comfort zone. I've, I've mastered that skill as far as, you know, there's always more to learn, but like that, it's not something scary to me, right? So as we learn things and they enter our comfort zone, then we can learn more things, right? It gives us space to do that. But if you find yourself panicking, you're probably in the panic zone. And the, in that zone, it, you will want to freeze up. You will want to stop. You will want to quit. You will want to you know, and I think that's when it's important to get support to maybe back up a little bit. Ask yourself, do I have the support I need to be able to push myself to learn some new things? Um, so anyways, that's just food for thought because, you know, I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge fan of continual learning and I see a lot of people stuck. I see a lot of people just doing the same thing their whole life and staying in the same place their whole life and believing the same thing their whole life and having the same friends their whole life and having the same town their whole life. Like they get stuck in this rut and it's comfortable because they've made this rut and they know everything about it. But to go beyond that, that's when the real learning happens. And when you're learning, you're growing, right? So you are getting stale if you're not pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. So it's important to push outside of it, return to it. Every day I got to come home from the course to my comfort zone, which was my family and my beautiful farm. And I got to rejuvenate, you know, reflect, tell about the stories of the day, and then go back, get kind of refueled and then go back to putting myself in an uncomfortable place. So I'm excited. Now I just have to save up to buy a motorcycle because <laughs> I'm really stoked. Like I'm excited to, to enter this new territory. It's this opportunity for new adventures. And I crave those things because isn't that life? Like that to me is living life. Always seizing the opportunities for new adventures. Um, I've done horses my whole life. Hopefully I plan to have horses my whole life, but I've been realizing lately, like I don't want to just stay in this rut of, I only do horses and I only teach horsemanship. Like I, I'm ready to do something different. I've been doing that for over 20 years. I'm ready to learn something different and expand my horizons and to realize I have more to offer the world than just my knowledge and experience with horses and teaching people about horses. Um, so I don't know where this whole motorcycle thing is going to go, but it's great learning. It's adventurous. It's exciting. It's challenging. So all of those things are a yes to me. Um, who knows? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll let you guys go. Um, one thing I wanted to mention this, it's kind of a little bit off subject, but, um, not really in, in a way of it was one of the things that I 
kind of, um, I don't know, um, that I was processing through and I'm learning how to be different in um, is not being vulnerable with every person I come in contact with because of the way I was raised, partly, and because of my personality, partly. Um, I'm just a very open person and I was trained that, you know, anytime you're around people, that's an opportunity to seize, you know, to basically, um, you know, like spread God's love and spread, you know, like meaning, make meaningful moments out of every situation. So I've grown up doing that my whole life. Um, and when I was started the motorcycle course the first day, met all these people, I remember feeling like I need to connect with everybody. Like I need to make an effort to connect with everybody to, and, you know, to bring us all together and to kind of create this experience. And I remember like looking at all the people and just being like, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to not do that. I don't need to rush in and try to make this experience amazing for everybody. I don't need to open up myself and introduce myself to everybody and, and just um, embrace them all and, and you, know, um, you know, show them parts of me or you know, let them get to know me because just because they're humans, I automatically feel like that's my duty to like tell everybody about myself. Like I just want, I'm gonna give myself permission to just be here for this class and focus on the class and not have to try to connect with each person and not, I've been working really hard to not overshare and be vulnerable with people that haven't earned it. Um, and it was hard, honestly, it was hard for me, but at the same time I was like, really relieved to take that pressure off myself, to just be there to learn and be okay with letting them be who they are and I'm just there quietly minding my own business. Um, Cause I was there to learn, you know, that's what it was for. So I was chatting this morning with my youngest daughter and um, she was telling me about her cat. And she said, you know, mom, with my cat Fiona, it's interesting because she said, you know, she, she was talking about when she was spending time with her cat this morning, she said, she came in and I was rubbing her and, and but you know, she's, she's very picky, like she won't just fall, like we have another cat, Phil, he, he'll, if you even walk near him, he just falls over on the ground and wants you to come rub his belly. It's so funny, but not Fiona, like she's very particular, you know, she's like, I don't know if you are good enough to touch me. So she's got this really special relationship with, with my, my youngest daughter. Um, and so she said, I was spending time with Fiona and Fiona at first would just like walk near me and let me pet her. And then eventually she started purring and she stood there by me and then she laid down. And then as I just pet her, it took lots of time, but slowly, slowly she started turning over. And she, she said the most beautiful part on my cat mommy is the very underside of her. She said, it reminds me of like, like the, um, uh, what did she call it? Like the, the really soft feathers on an owl. She said, when it's the most beautiful part of Fiona is all the way under her belly. It's really, really soft and beautiful. And she said, eventually I was spending time with her and the more that I pet her and just stayed there with her, she started rolling over slowly, slowly, slowly till finally she had fully exposed her belly and she was letting me pet her most beautiful part. And she said, mommy, 
I realized she's teaching me a lesson that applies to life too, that we shouldn't show everybody our most beautiful parts. We need to protect those and only show those to people who earn that. And I was like, wow, that's so good. And it reminded me of my motorcycle course and like realizing I don't need to show up and feel like I needed to show everybody who I am and expose myself with vulnerability, you know, because they, you know, they're humans and I should just be authentic and vulnerable. No, they have to earn that. And it's not just okay, but it's good that people earn that respect to see our most beautiful parts. So I wanted to end with that thought because I thought that's really deep. It's really profound, but simple. So think about that today. Think about that this week, preserving your most beautiful parts. Only people who are trustworthy and have earned that, only they get to see those most beautiful parts. I love you guys. I challenge you to push yourself outside your comfort zone and into that learning zone because that's where you grow. Make sure you have the support you need so that you're not into the panic zone, but get out of that, get out of that comfort zone, be uncomfortable, learn new things, celebrate yourself, and then return back to your comfort zone and refuel, rejuvenate, refresh all those good re-words. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks for coming back to the crowd with me this week. And um, yeah, until next week, peace out. No one likes to do life alone. By following, listening, and adding my mom's awesome podcast to your library, you're helping both of you guys out. You might even try answering the questions that are shown below the episodes. Oh, and Zell thanks you for listening to this podcast. If I wrote it in a song, would you believe in more? If I busted out the lock, would you open the door? If I dare to speak my truth, would you still value me? If I reach my hand to you, would you reach yours back to me? Darling, there's no reason why you should have to hide. Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there.